will say before I get into my thoughts is, uh, yeah, y'all just come on up and have a seat. Have a seat. Just it'll be in just a moment. Have a seat. Get comfortable because I think it's a thought, but who knows? It's not a cowboy game to watch today, so what's the hurry? We have lunch already prepared for you, so that's good news. Here's my thought. Looking back upon uh, my own life and my own years of ministry, some probably on and off, close to 30 years or so, uh, there are two men in my life through, through ministry that have had a profound impact on me as a person, as a man, as a father, and as a minister. And those two men would be Pastor Bubba Stahl and Terry Tope. This church has been blessed by the leadership of both of those guys. And I am humbled to, to know them, uh, to have been able to, to share in ministry with them, uh, to be encouraged by them. The example that they've set for me has been profound, and I'm extremely thankful for you, Terry. In our text this morning, we're take a quick detour to Philippians chapter 1. Before I start to read, let me set the stage for this writing. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi when he was imprisoned in Rome, some 800 miles from, from Philippi. He writes this letter, and he's been imprisoned, and as he's there awaiting his trial, he obviously has time to review and reflect and to look back. And, and as Paul looks back and, and, and remembers this church, a church that he had served among for, for some ten years, he, he, he remembers and he looks back and he reflects upon it, and there's great joy that it produces in his heart when he remembers those people. But if you read the story, you would think, man, I don't know, some of those memories might not have been so good. You know, you can read Acts chapter 16, and you'll see there that that's when Paul is falsely arrested. He's beaten. He's been humiliated before the people. And he's in, he's in chains. He's got shackles around his feet. He's locked up. But Paul looks back on that, and he looks back on that moment with great joy. Why? Because his faithfulness in the midst of his suffering led for the gospel being proclaimed to a jailer who received Christ and brought salvation to his house. It's with these memories. See, Paul didn't allow the hardships or, or whatever that he faced, those difficult seasons, to make him bitter. No, he allowed that to make him a better person. And that's the choice that we all face in the midst of trials and heavy circumstances and difficult situations is, will we be better or will we become bitter because of what the Lord has allowed us to experience? With that in mind, Paul writes these words. He says, Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. So no one was excluded from his thoughts and from his prayers. And he says, to all the saints, with overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always 
offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for all of you. Because of your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in Terry and Micah and all of God's children will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me, I'm going to come back to that verse in a minute. For it is only right for me to think this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are fellow partakers with me in this grace. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in full knowledge and in discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and without fault until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Going back to that verse in verse number 6, he says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Oh, here we catch a glimpse of God's work in our lives through salvation. In fact, it's probably on the same page. It's not just turn the page. Look at chapter 2. Look at chapter 2 and what he says in verses 12 and 13. There he says, So then, my beloved, just as you have always been or always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Then he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Real quickly, let me just point out what what Paul has already said to us. Let me make it clear. God's work has, he, he does a threefold work in our salvation. Think of it like this. The work that God does for us is salvation. The work that God does in us is sanctification. And then the work that God does through us is service. So God is at work through our salvation, our sanctification, and our service. One of those acts is a full and final completed act. That is His work in salvation. Right? The other two, sanctification and service, are ongoing. We're we're always being sanctified, and we're always to serve. And so, like while we're thinking about, you already hit on it, so like you already get it. While you're retiring from vocational ministry, God still has a work for you. There's still there's there's still a, a desire and a calling in both of your lives to to submit and to surrender to the will of the Father. And so what that looks like is going to be different. But you never would have anticipated what these past 50 years look like. Even when we think that we have a handle on our schedule, (laughs) chaos erupts. Family vacations have to get changed. 
sicknesses call us to be home instead of being together with God's people. Pandemics force us to alter wedding anniversary celebrations. But we do it because we love our Lord. It is a, it's a high position of honor and with great gratitude that we can serve as ministers of the gospel. God's not done. You need to hear this too. God's not done. He's not done with you. He's not done working in your life. He's not done working through your life. And I got a little statistic I'd like to close with to prove my point. The New England Journal of Medicine released a result back in 2018, just about four years ago. They did an extensive study in the U.S., and they found that most, the most productive age in human life is between the years of 60 and 70. Think about this. The most productive age in life is when you're in your 60s. The second most productive age in life, in your 70s. The third most productive age in your life is not in the 80s, sorry. It's actually in your 50s. That's the third most productive age. So consider this. The average age of Nobel Peace Prize winners is 61, I'm sorry, 62 years of age. The average age of presidents of prominent companies around the globe is 63 years of age. The average age of pastors, if you take the top 100, how do you define top? They do it statistically. So the largest 100 churches in the U.S., you take the average age of their pastor, that age is 71. So what does this mean? This tells us in a way that it has been determined that the best years of your life are between 60 and 80. How awesome is that? This tells us that in your 60s, you're just entering into the peak of your potential. Come on, church. you got to let that sink in. So, so, so you're reaching the peak of your potential. And that's carrying you out through your 70s. And we get it messed up. We get it wrong in our thinking. We get thinking that, well, we hit the 60s and into our 70s. That's the time for us to, to shut down, to relax, to stop, and to let the younger ones kick in. But they're not close to the peak of their potential. Hey, I'm in one of these three categories now, so I can say them. I'll embrace this one. You're at the prime of the potential, the impact. And so, yeah, you retire from vocational ministry. You can retire on that you know, schedule that you've had for so long, but you're at the peak of your potential of service, and so are a lot of you. Time to step up. 
Start serving. If you're a child of God, then you have the Holy Spirit that's dwelling within you, and that Holy Spirit will empower you to do the thing that God has called you to do. You don't get the Holy Spirit just to sit back, relax, and do nothing. That's not the purpose. We're messengers and ministers of the gospel, every single one of us that belong to Him through faith in Christ. And so while we celebrate 50 years of faithful service, we are challenged and encouraged to find our place in service and to remain faithful and true in the midst of all of this. I would like to lead us in a prayer. I've asked elders and deacons to to come and to join us. To Come on, this is your cue to come on down and we will lay hands upon Terry and Micah. I will lead us in a prayer. Then they're going to lead us through one more song and we'll begin to dismiss after that. But I'll give instructions on that. Pastors too. Daryl, come on. Joel, come on. Sorry. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your love and your faithfulness. And God, we thank you for the example that has been given to us through Terry and through Micah. And I thank you for the beautiful example of humility, compassion, faithfulness to to your word and to your will. God, may we be encouraged and challenged by their example. May we seek to pass on that type of example into others. God, as they transition into this next stage of service, grant them peace, give them clarity, help them to to maintain uh, their joy of serving, Father. And God, grant them some rest too. Take the the burden of uh, the, the weekly demands. May it be lifted, Father. And we know that it will just be replaced with other burdens. And so, Father, I hope that they will... Yeah, remain faithful to you and to your word. God, for each and every one of us, may your spirit make known unto all of us who we are in you and what you've called us to accomplish through the working of your spirit in our lives. Thank you for today. Thank you for Terry and for Micah. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now come lead us one more song.